All right, so today we have a very special guest speaker. Um, her talk is titled, Prayer is Essential to Happiness. Elizabeth Manuel, most of you know her, I think, and her intro reads, most people love a good fairy tale. What if the happy ending could be yours? Elizabeth Manuel is the creator of the Outrageously Happily Married, ooh, and Tapping into Happiness programs. Elizabeth works with people who are running on autopilot and robotically going through life, experience the miracle of transformation, and enjoy the life and love they have always dreamed about. As seen on CTV, Dinner TV, and Ched, Elizabeth shares surprising yet scientifically proven principles which positively impact physical, mental, and emotional well-being. Elizabeth is a licensed prayer practitioner with a background in education and grief therapy. With two decades of experience as a happiness expert, Elizabeth teaches her clients how to grow a happier brain, become more psychologically healthy, and boost their resilience. Well, I'm excited. That all sounds really good to me. So please help me to warmly welcome Elizabeth Manuel. And the other side. Oh, there. Okay. I feel like I'm yelling at you all now. Good morning, everyone. Let's take a moment in prayer as we breathe in God, remembering that God is all there is. This infinite intelligence lives, moves, and has its being in, through, and as each person expressing individually, uniquely, thriving through us, knowing that this is the truth, that this power and presence animates our life, gives us love and courage, every opportunity to create, allowing this presence to flow in, to expand and open our conscious, to be here, present in our bodies, in this breath and the next breath. As we recognize this indwelling presence, we open ourselves to a greater experience, to greater love, greater joy, greater happiness. And being thankful for the opportunities to express ourselves being thankful for the Centers for Spiritual Living internationally and this current center right here and right now. Giving thanks for the opportunity to come together with prayer, with celebration, with music, with joy. Together we say, and so it is. Beautiful smiling faces this morning. How many people would like to be a little bit happier? Couple people. Some people think that happiness is superficial. That maybe if we're too happy, we're not taking life serious enough. Who's ever been irritated by a happy person? <laughs> See, I knew it. How many of you ever saw the movie Pollyanna? 
couple people. It's really old. I might be aging myself. But it is about this little girl who loses so many things. Actually, it might be time for me to watch it again, but she's sent to live with a cranky auntie. But her sunny disposition is able to overcome all of that crankiness. And sometimes in our world, we need everything in our power to overcome some of the challenges, or a word that I love to use is the vicissitudes of life. Anyone here experience any vicissitudes? Yes, most of us. So the topic that I chose this morning I thought would be very appropriate. Prayer is essential to happiness. We've been talking a lot about prayer and the power of eight groups and how things transform us and move us forward. In the science of mind, it says, prayer is not an act of overcoming God's reluctance, but should be an active acceptance of its highest willingness. Through prayer, we recognize a spiritual law and put ourselves in alignment with it. Prayer is constructive because it enables us to establish closer contact with the fountain of wisdom, and we are less likely to be influenced by appearances around us or to judge according to experience. Anyone here ever made a judgment about an experience they were having? Was the judgment positive or negative? Usually, it's negative. Before I came to the center, I was not the person that you see in front of you today. I had some challenges in my life. And this was one of my first books. It was called Living with the Angels. And I want to read you a little story in this book. And this is an example of Jane. Jane worked for the same boss for five years, and they got along really well. One day, the great boss was transferred, and a new boss came in. Immediately, Jane was put on guard. The new guy wanted to change her schedule, her office, and her job description. For the past few years, Jane had worked with an open schedule, which meant she could choose which days, flex hours, and number of hours per week she wanted to work, depending on what needed to be done. This was a great fit for Jane, who had a young child to raise. This flex time allowed her to be in control of her time and fit work around family. She was used to complete autonomy and creative license. The new boss marched in and immediately wanted Jane on a 40-hour work week with no choice about the work days or times. He wanted to set her schedule and ensure that she worked at least every second weekend and a minimum of two nights per week when it is tough to find childcare as a single parent because daycares aren't open evenings and weekends. He also wanted to change her job description and have her do less of what she really loved to do. To add insult to injury, he wanted her office to look like a showroom, 
neat freak versus organized mess. Who here likes organized mess? A couple people. Jane was in a state of high anxiety about her job and her life. She was a single parent who needed the job and the benefits it provided. These included a pension, profit-sharing, health plan, and company discount. Jane went into a state of despair. Why me? Why did this have to happen? Everything was so perfect before the change, the new guy. Remember, change is the only constant in our lives. We can always count on change. Jane felt like she had absolutely zero choice. She needed this job. She was comfortable at work. She knew the people and the environment. This was her job. Now everything would be different, and from her point of view, very bad indeed. Perspective is important. We see and hear what we want to see and hear. Jane saw and heard bad news, and therefore reacted accordingly. Jane went into a downspin. She found herself going into her office, shutting the door and crying. Her energy fell, and with it, her motivation and her work ethic. Why bother, she would cry out to the unseen God, who was making her life so miserable. Jane decided to take a leave of absence and clear her mind. As Jane had had an exemplary employment record up till now, the leave of absence was granted for a three-month period. Jane did a lot of journaling. She also maintained a healthy exercise regimen and lifestyle during the leave. She recognized the new boss was, in fact, the answer to one of her prayers. The prayer had been about starting a new career, earning more than she was currently making, offering opportunities to grow and challenge herself. Jane realized that her job was her comfort zone, and she had outgrown it. There would be no further advancements that would appeal to her, and the salary, while comfortable, was by no means lucrative. While Jane prayed for a new career, she thought that one would be dropped into her lap without any real effort on her part. If God wanted her to have a new career, it would simply be provided. Not so. We must take the action steps toward what we want. As we move forward, the universe moves too. God works in mysterious ways, and we need to be aware of the synchronicity in our life. God puts people, things, and opportunities in our path, and then it is up to us to say yes or no. This change of boss was really God asking if Jane was serious about making a career change, the proverbial kick in the butt. Jane had been unwilling to make any changes because the comfort zone was, well, comfortable. The new career was just a pipe dream, a pleasant thought to hold or use when complaining about her current lack of opportunity. Someday she would get a new career and be really successful. Meanwhile, this job was good enough. Good enough means you need to look at what you think you deserve in your life. Three months passed quickly, but Jane was still not ready to make a big move. She needed more time. 
She got another couple of months. They flew by. One day, her boss called with an ultimatum. Either she came back within two weeks or her job would be given to someone else. She would still have a job in the company, but not her original position. Holy smokes, this was it. The big decision. Jane cried and rallied against the God that would make her choose between the safety of her job and the fear of the unknown. She wasn't ready. Why couldn't she have her old boss back? That would make everything perfect. Why? 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 Deep down, Jane knew she couldn't go back. It took somewhat longer for her mind to catch up with what she knew in her heart. It was time. Scared but willing to move on, Jane took the plunge and quit. Everyone told her that if she quit, she would never get employment benefits. Everyone told her to keep working until she had something else to go to. Everyone had great ideas for what Jane should do. Jane had her own ideas, ones that had been inside her heart for years. A dream, a wish, a secret desire. Was it time? Was it time to take charge and go for it? Was tomorrow here, today, sometime? Was now, sometime, time, timing? Is there ever such thing as a good time? Not as in having fun, but the real McCoy. Time itself. Time just keeps going by. Tick tock. The minutes fly by, and the next thing you know, you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, dot, dot, dot. What is the little whisper in your heart? Is it time? Is it your time? I guarantee that right now is the best time possible to start on your dreams. Why do I guarantee that? Because I know that now is the only moment there is. If not now, then when? Okay, where were we? Jane, what happened to Jane? Well, that's a long story. Jane quit. Intuitively, she knew she would get employment insurance. She knew she would be okay financially for a few months. She left that job of 20 years to branch out. The story of Jane is actually my story. I slid in a pseudonym in there. Because I wanted to be happy, but I also wanted to be safe. And we are always praying for a greater life experience. Would you agree? Most of us are praying nonstop. We don't recognize that we're doing it. And sometimes we use prayer as the beseeching, please, God, give me this. But we don't actually accept it for ourselves. Is that true for you? Maybe a little bit. It's certainly true for me. And the power of using prayer deliberately to create more of that which you desire is really one of the foundations of the science of mind and the Centers for Spiritual Living. Prayer really is an amazingly effective tool to help us get more of what we want out of life. Who would like more? It's okay to say yes because our beings are designed to want more. We're designed 
to continuously move forward, to be pushed, prodded, or shoved, in some cases, forward. Some of those experiences that we initially label as bad have actually turned out to be the best possible thing that happened to you. Would you agree? So God does work in mysterious ways and helps to answer our prayers, our deepest fundamental needs to help us get more of what we want out of life. And working with many hundreds and hundreds of clients, people come to me from all walks of life. I had one fellow in his early 30s and he had been with a company for many years, was very well paid, but just wasn't happy with the environment that he worked in. And through our work together, he actually ended up transforming himself so much that people at his place of employment were going, wow, like what happened to you? Like, who are you? Where's the old stressed out person? And how did he get replaced with this very calm, competent, capable person? So in his case, he didn't need to leave his job in order to manifest a better life. He changed from the inside and was able to create an experience that actually elevated his position in the company, gave him more remuneration, more responsibility, and is still helping bring up the energy and the vibration in that place he works. And this power is available to each and every one of us here. Every one of us can tap into that innate potential and rise above what it is. You don't all have to quit your jobs to manifest greater happiness. It might simply be tweaking something that's inside of you so that you are bringing the best you to that experience, so that you are generating the richest rewards of that experience. In the Science of Mind book, it says, we long for and need a conscious union with the infinite. I truly believe that this is true, and there is that deep longing within us to connect with that which is grander, greater, sees more, hears more, is more than who we are. And this comes back to the idea of happiness and that connection with the infinite. If anyone here has ever stood in the lineup at Safeway and you see the tabloids or you've read that even someone as renowned Kate Spade, for example, who seemed to have every possible material thing, wealth and family and success, as most people would define it, being able to create her line of handbags. But without that connection to the infinite, to the divine, all of that success is basically meaningless. We need this connection to the divine. We long for it. 
Prayer has stimulated countless millions of people to higher thoughts and nobler deeds. Higher thoughts and noble deeds. Prayer is essential to happiness. And so I use prayer. In our family life, we use prayer every day. We pray for the food that we eat, for the people that created the food. We just invite that to be a daily experience, that daily connection to source. It doesn't need to be lengthy. It doesn't need to be particularly worded in a correct way. It just needs to come from the heart so that we're not influenced by those things that seem to be taking us off of our happy train. Happiness, coming back. Prayer is essential to happiness. Everything that we do, all the choices that we make as individuals are tied to our wanting to be happier. If we want to get fit, we do that because we think we'll be happier. If we want a new car, we think that will help us be happier. If we choose a vacation, we want to choose a place that'll help us be what? Happier. So we really are driven by that sense of wanting to be happier, and yet, for many of us, we seem to think that happiness really isn't that important. It's not the noble pursuit. And I disagree strongly. I became a happiness expert because I wasn't happy. Because I was always struggling, always striving, always feeling sad or depressed or less than. And when I really tapped into the power of happiness to generate a world that works for everyone. If someone is happy driving on a busy road, let's look at River Valley Road, where there's all the construction on Grope Bridge, and if I'm happy, am I going to allow people to merge? Right? What if I'm really cranky that day? What am I going to do in my car? You're not getting in front of me, right? And I'm blocking people, and I'm driving, right? Or in the Safeway, maybe you're driving your cart around the corners and you're like, no, I'm going to beat that lady to the checkout counter. When we're happy, we get out of our little ego mind. Would you agree? So happiness is essential for the human race to become more compassionate, kinder, more able to withstand whatever is happening in your life. And in the Living Science of Mind book, so we have two, we have the Big Fat Science of Mind, and there's another one called Living Science of Mind. It said, happiness is never external. All the money in the world will not make a person happy. The highest position of dignity or trust cannot make one happy. Jesus stated it this way, for what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? He also says here in Living Science of Mind, it is true that we cannot be well unless we are mentally and emotionally happy. To a much greater extent than we realize, the physical body reflects our mental attitude. 
Our food neither digests nor assimilates properly when we are filled with unhappiness and fear. The stream of life flows fully and freely from the innermost recesses of our being only when we are happy. Now, here's another standpoint. So as a happiness expert, I study and teach people how to grow new neural pathways, how to create a better functioning brain. And what we know from science and research now is that prayer helps to stimulate the left prefrontal cortex, which really is our executive center, our happiness center. Happiness is found here. And when we're being run by our ego or by the older parts of our brain, when we get into stress response, when we run on autopilot, when we're just making our way, dragging our way through life, we're not coming from the left prefrontal cortex, which then again means that we have less to contribute to the world because our focus becomes so narrow and we get caught up in some of the less empowering emotions of despair or grief or sadness or general apathy. We simply don't have the energy to go out and be who we're meant to be in the world. So prayer changes our brain in very powerful and positive ways. Each and every day, most of us are asking for whatever it is in your world, something better, something a little bit more of that which you prefer. And as you learn to pray here as we do at the center in this very powerfully scientific way of stating what you want, we're not pleading, we're not begging, we are owning up to that which is our birthright. We're commanding, demanding, asserting that which is ours by divine right. And that is so powerful. And it also forces us to be aware more specifically of what we prefer. Why is that important? How many people here have ever been to a buffet? Okay, so you're at the buffet, maybe there's 300 trays. You've got one plate. Maybe you can go back 10 times. It's okay. But when you go to the buffet, are you selective about what you're putting on your plate? Yes. So do you put a bunch of stuff on your plate that you don't want or like? No, because you don't want or like it. So when we're at a buffet, we choose deliberately that which we prefer. Think of God as the most enormous buffet you've ever seen. It's an infinite buffet. There is every possible thing on it. So if we stand there and go, oh, I just don't know what I want. I just don't know what I want. What do we get? Not much, or not what we want, because we don't know what we want. So we pray. We're placing an order. Exactly the same. Let's go back to a restaurant. This time it's not a buffet. You're at the table. 
Waitress comes, waiter comes, what would you like? I'm going to have hamburger and french fries. Waiter leaves. You went, ah, oh, no, no, wait, come back. Changed my mind. I don't really want that now. I want the roast chicken and mashed potatoes. And then a couple seconds later, you're like, ah, oh, no, I really don't want that either. Waiter, waiter, stop that order. Comes back. And what would you like? Well, I'd like the lasagna. Okay. So God is constantly saying yes. And we are constantly, if we're not clear, changing our order so often that nothing can actually get cooked. Does that make sense? So I want to invite you to be clear about a couple of specific things that you really desire. Clarity brings results. Use prayer to generate more happiness to help balance and help your brain create more positive neurochemicals to create a new being. You wouldn't recognize me, the person I am today, and the person I was 20 years ago. Yes, I'm the same sort of person, but inside, completely different. So when I was reading here, it is true that we cannot be well until we're mentally and emotionally happy. Back in what I call the pre-Elizabeth days, I was sick a lot. Colds and flus and just little weird things. And I was always at the doctor and there was always this test and that test and just wasn't emotionally and mentally there. In my confusion, it shows up in the physical body. Since I became a happiness expert and I have studied and learned and put into practice many of these tools that I'm talking about, including the power of prayer, I experience phenomenal physical health. It's incredible and it is there for you as well. I am not special. Every single one of us has this power within to utilize the power of prayer to create a happier day. So in closing, I'm going to read again from Living the Science of the Mind. Think about this every morning. Opening your eyes with the gladness of meeting the new day with the expectation of pleasure and the quiet peace of rest at night, untroubled by inward conflicts. These are what we all long for. We must regain this lost ground if we are to have happiness, security, and peace. This is what faith does for us. It makes no difference what form it takes as long as it is sincere. So use the power of prayer. Join one of the power of eight groups where it has again been scientifically proven that when we have eight people, the consciousness and the energy around that is vast. How many here are in one of those power of eight groups? Yes, are you noticing some of those results now? So it again invites us to be clear, to ask for and expect more of that which we prefer. 
in a clear and concise way. Make it simple, make it direct. You don't have to quit your jobs. You don't have to start a whole life over. Simply start from where you are, right here and right now, by going into your heart and asking, what more would I prefer? How can I use myself to help the world be a better place for everyone? Thank you very much.